We did it! We're back again! Hello, everybody! Welcome back to The Ghoul's Room. We're your hosts. I'm Emmy. And I'm Julia. And welcome back to another bi-weekly show of spooky, cryptid, scary things. We're glad to have mm-hmm. you back after a crazy week. Crazy two weeks of just work and school and, you know, living our lives. Crazy yeah. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just spent I just spent two hundred two hundred and fifty-eight dollars on books from Barnes and Noble. And then I subscribed to Owl Crate. So I'm mentally ill. I mean, as you should. Like if I had the money to do that, I absolutely would as well. So it just like I just felt like it was necessary. You know, I have nowhere to put them. I'm thinking of just creating really artistic stacks of books around <laughs> the apartment and just like really vibe with that. Like I am like an old librarian. And then of course my boyfriend's gonna be like, What the hell are these random stacks of hardcover books? Like, um what is it, like floating shelves out of a book? I was and then thinking just, about like, that. Stack those and then it's a purpose artistic choice damn you're like, i you're meant right. to do this you're right i'm gonna do that yeah he's gonna come back like why are there floating books on the walls <laughs> <laughs> where did all art. these come from art my man that's why <laughs> so <sighs> yeah. true yeah i have spent a week i had two exams this week i have two assignments that were meant to be due this week that i requested an extension for because i was like hey let me tell you about my non-existent mental health right now. And they're like, I right, we give you another week. And I was like, thanks, my man. And today's my last, like, so it's Sunday right now. We're already recording late because, and <laughs> today's like my last full day. I can work on the assignments. They're due Thursday, but I'm out of town all day tomorrow, half of Tuesday, and then half of actually like three quarters of Wednesday, I have to do field work. And then it's due like Thursday morning. And I'm like, fuck so what did i do today um i spent Ooh, let's see what time is it it's 6 p.m so i spent four hours on the floor having a panic attack uh it's been really good so it really, really do be like that it really we really do be like that yeah postponed this podcast because i was like hold on let me just make sure i'm not dying and i don't need to go to the hospital kind of thing i still feel like shit so if you hear me having weird like tremors that's why but don't say we never do anything for you because i am we're here doing for you. our best <laughs> i am doing the best i can <laughs> honestly i was like i i gotta do something and i'm gonna do the goddamn podcast so here i am i love you all um if i keel over in the middle of this i deadass like sent emmy in the text chat my address so she can call the British ambulance? I don't know what she's going to do about it if I just, like, I don't know. <laughs> Listen, Man. I have the internet. I'm sure I could figure something out. It's 999 I will... here. It's not 911. I can gotcha. tell you that. I don't know if I have to do, like, do I have to do, like, 800-999-1999? If you're in the U.S., what happens if you dial 999? I don't know. Probably not Whatever much. it is, Google will help me. I will figure it out. And it'll be fine. It's fine. <laughs> I'm fine, but I'm fine. <laughs> you're I'm fine. Li- yeah, you're literally you're literally fine. You're literally I've never <laughs> seen you more fine in my life. Um, I have never. <laughs> anyway, it's, a, we don't need it's to like discuss. it's like an it's like a just a cumulative thing. 
things that are happening. Because one, who likes yeah. to do assignments anyway? Nobody. Oh, I'm so done with assignments. <laughs> exactly. These are my last two. These are my last two before the dissertation. Also, <laughs> what a perfect episode for this. Happy one year anniversary of oh this Oh my podcast. god, yeah. I totally forgot <gasps> you sent me that. Oh my it's god. Been a, it's oh been my a god. whole year. It's been a year. It's been a sloppy 2021, but you know what? We it are will. still go- we're still going at it. We're still I going at it. I'm gonna listen to like our first episode again and oh, hear God. how mentally well I am. And I haven't. Like, oh, how it deteriorated. I haven't listened to a single one of our podcasts because I'm terrified to hear myself. Okay. I am so traumatized I mean, by myself that I don't listen. To I've our almost gotten numb to my own voice the only thing that still gets me is my laugh i do hate my laugh and every time i hear it also because it's like but it's loud so i'll be talking at a pretty even pace and then all of a sudden like i laugh and it is double the volume and i'm like oh girl (laughs) shut up (laughs) it's okay i like like, no i'm literally like leaning into my mic and i'll like say something and then i'll like laugh like huff and then it just goes right into the red and i'm like mm, julia's gonna like that later <laughs> she has to go there <laughs> every time just like internally cringing it is like, a good sheesh. time <laughs> oh boy uh we're doing our best out here it um, really is anyways really is. moving on because i'm just gonna go right into it to be Hell honest yeah. no one wants Hell to yeah. hear this i got you so girl. i got my sources from dickens.co.uk wikipedia authenticvacations.com um daily mail but i do want to say that the daily mail source was just for like a photograph i i don't use daily mail as a source i don't know if you really have that in the u.s but it's like tabloids it's not <laughs> yeah I, I i follow that on snapchat for yeah you know, yeah i was purposes. like that's not uh, <laughs> yeah it's not a yeah and then study across the pond.com so tomorrow i'm going to edinburgh for like a quick overnight trip with the boyfriend because we were like this will be great. We can get away and it'll be amazing. Um, So of course I'm panicking about it (laughs) because so I thought I was like, why don't (laughs) why don't I look up something from Edinburgh, even though we've I've already done Edinburgh like I don't know how many times like that is a spooky city, apparently, because anytime I look up ghosts, they're like, let me tell you about Edinburgh. So I chose a place that is actually the next street down from where I will be staying there as well. Also, fun fact, the place we're staying, we looked at it on like Google Street Maps. And if you look out, it just <laughs> it's the Edinburgh Dungeons across the street. Oh, my God. Um, which is it's like a I don't know, like haunted house type thing. But it's just really funny because it's like across the street, this gothic building. And it's just like Edinburgh Dungeons with all the like bloody text. And I'm like, that's a good view. <laughs> that's what we like to see. That'll be. Yeah, I'm like, okay, am I going to just be hearing screaming at like all hours of the night? But So I have chosen to talk about the South Bridge vaults or the Edinburgh vaults. And they are a series of vaults and chambers formed in the 19 arches of the South Bridge in Edinburgh. It was built in 1788 and acted as a place to house taverns, workshops, as well as like storage places for said workshop owners. And as time progressed, the vaults became a hotspot for homelessness and criminal activities such as illegal gambling, illegal whiskey distilleries. And there was even a rumor that body snatchers would store bodies there overnight because it's like right next to a cemetery. 
I will admit, I'll talk about that a little bit later, but like most sources I saw were like, nah, that's probably not true. But at the same time, after looking at the photos, I wouldn't have been shocked if it was true. Like that place is creepy. So Edinburgh was a growing community and during the 17th century would have issues with, and I'm going to say this as nicely as I can, with raw sewage uh, pouring into back alleys as the population grew. So, of course, due to this, it was like a perfect breeding ground for diseases like cholera, typhoid, you know, the really good stuff. And so in response to the many dying from this disease in the late 18th century, the city began to build both upwards and downwards to try and get more room for people. So two bridges were built to facilitate the expansion, North Bridge and South Bridge, known locally as the Bridges. The South Bridge, built to span the Cowgate Gorge between High Street and the growing University of Edinburgh on the south side, was first proposed in 1775, although work did not begin until August 1785. Once built, the bridge did not have the best start. So, Edinburgh's oldest resident, a well-respected judge's wife, was to be the first person to cross the bridge as it opened. Um, she died before the bridge was completed, and when the bridge did finally open, she was carried across it in her coffin. Oh, jeez. Um, like, I guess that's nice. They still got her to be the first person, but I'm like, ooh. Yes. Not ideal. So because of superstition, many locals refused to ever even just cross the bridge, going clear around town to use the North Bridge. But space in Edinburgh was at a premium and shops moved underneath the arches and people had to be there. So Edinburgh's South Bridge was Edinburgh's first purpose-built shopping street, and therefore as much space as possible was utilized. Like, you could not breathe there. They just crammed anything in. The bridge itself, as I had mentioned earlier, is a 19-arch viaduct, although only one arch is visible today, which is called the Cowgate Arch. The remaining 18 arches were enclosed behind tenement buildings uh, built to allow the area to serve as a commercial district. The hidden arches of the bridge were then given extra floors to allow for use for industry. In total, there are approximately 120 rooms or vaults beneath the surface of the South Bridge, ranging in size from 2 meters squared to 40 meters squared. And South Bridge officially opened for business on March 1st, 1788. So the vault rooms used as storage spaces and workshops and yada 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 operated as intended for a relatively short space of time. Construction on the bridge had been rushed and the surface was never actually sealed against water because that's not important. Yeah, and what? so logically, the vaults began to flood because it rains. So abandonment of the vaults began as early as 1795. So not even 10 years in use, people were like, all right, this is kind of a shitty place to be. With the vaults being gradually abandoned by the businesses on the bridge, the empty rooms were adopted and adapted by new users. As the Industrial Revolution took a hold of Britain, the Cowgate area had developed into Edinburgh's slum. Slum dwellers took over the vaults and they became a renowned red light district with countless brothels and pubs operating within the abandoned complex. The vaults also served as additional slum housing for the city's poorest. Living conditions were appalling. I mean, the rooms were cramped, dark, damp because again no waterproofing there was no sunlight because you're underground uh 
poorly circulated air, no running water, no sanitation. Many rooms housed families of more than 10 people. Crimes, including robbery and murder, soon plagued the vaults. And this is... So Burke and Hare, the infamous serial killers who sold corpses to medical school, are said to have hunted for victims in the Edinburgh vault. And this is the one where people were like, there's no actual evidence of this, but who knows? On Saturday, the 1st of July, 1815, the Edinburgh Evening Current reported that, and I quote, on the 24th, Mr. McKenzie, supervisor accompanied by Mess, and like, that's a title, M-E-S-S period, Messers, Gory and McNaughton. I don't actually know what that means. Mess. Oh, well. Discovered a private distillery of considerable extent under the arch of the South Bridge, which has been working these 18 months past to the great injury of the revenue. The particulars of this seizure are worthy of notice from the great pains which had been taken to prevent disclosure. The original door to the place where the operations were going forward had been carefully built up and plastered over so as to prevent any appearance of an entrance. Behind a gate in the fireplace of a bedroom, an opening had been made and fitted with an iron door and lock, exactly fitting the grate, which could only be seen by being removed. And this passage led to the flat above by a trap door and ladder where the still was working. This place, again, was in one of the deaf arches, immediately adjoining the middle arch of the bridge, now the cave's venue. And the person had found means to convey a pipe from one of the town's branches, which gave a plentiful supply of water. A soil pipe was also got at, and a hole broke through, yeah, I don't know, language in the 1700s. Um, And a hole broke through into a neighboring vent to carry off the smoke. Besides the still, a considerable quantity of wash and some low wines were found in the premises. Also many casks, mash tun, large tubs, etc. The spirits were said to have been conveyed away in a tin case made to contain two or three gallons, which was again put into a green bag and carried out by a woman under her cloak. So that was just a newspaper article descripting like how there were just so many illegal uh, distilleries and stuff down there and how it was like a full setup. Like they were stealing water from places up above and like venting out like they they knew what they were doing yeah wow um (laughs) it is not known when the vaults complex was closed down with some suggesting as early as 1835 and the others as late as 1875 written records regarding the vaults during their slum use are virtually non-existent though all that is known is that at some point tons of rubble were dumped into the vaults making them inaccessible because it was another one of those they're like we don't want to deal with this we're just going to dump dirt and stuff into it let's just fill it (laughs) classic yeah they're like fuck it just leave it as the continue as the conditions in the vaults deteriorated mainly because of damp and poor air quality the businesses left in the 1820s and the very poorest of edinburgh's citizens moved in though by even around 1860 even they left it too they were like we're done the vaults weren't rediscovered until the 1980s um In a weird story, they were discovered by former Scottish rugby internationalist Nori Rowan after he found a tunnel leading to them um, where he helped Romanian rugby player Christian Raducanu escape the Romanian secret police and seek political asylum weeks before the Romanian revolution of 1989. What? So, yeah, just completely. That is so they, interesting. Like, he was helping out this friend, and then they were like, oh, there's an entire set of tunnels 
beneath Edinburgh. Like, whoops. It, it, it literally <laughs> sounds like make believe. It's like it's like a story plot. That like, is that, a whole that movie. was someone's um, that was someone's life. <laughs> like what? Yeah. They were just like, I was just trying to help and it's help him escape, but like here we are, I guess. But here we go. And so the fact that people had even lived there was not actually discovered until 1985 when they started an excavation of the area. And during this excavation, they found toys, medicine bottles, plates, and just other signs that human habitation was there. But then it was just creepy because it was like I said, it had been filled in. So nothing had been removed. It was just like left. And you're oh, like, that is so okay. Like, that's low key fucked up. Yeah, yeah. Um, it reminds me, this is a totally random story, but as a kid, I went to Temple and, oh God, I, I was a kid, kid, so my memory is not the best. But essentially, I think they like built a new branch for the classrooms and stuff. But instead of renovating the old classrooms, they just left them. And I'm pretty sure they were in like the basement. So if you went down there, it was like desks and chalkboards from like the 50s but just left as they were, like, still writing on the chalkboards because they were just like, oh, let's just move upstairs. And it that was is so creepy. creepy. It was so creepy. Like, I remember going down there once, I think, because we get bored and we explore the building because we're children. And we were just like, what the hell is this? Like, it was so creepy. And I was like, I'm never doing that again. Thank you very much. I'm out. Yeah. So it just reminds me of Jeez. that. Where it's like, us. Nothing feels right when it's like everything has been left and you're like, ooh. So, of course, something like this is said to be one of the most haunted places in the UK because how can it not be? We have quite a few residential ghosts. Many visitors who head down to the lower levels are greeted by a gust of cold air, which that one I'm kind of like, well, you're going underground, but... I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. But fine. Because people also report <laughs> hearing children yelling and women singing. Others have seen full-blown apparitions. So I'm going to just quickly go through some of the more well-known ghosties. So starting off, we have Mr. Boots, also known as The Watcher. Mr. Boots is a tall, shabby man who sticks to the back section of the vaults. Visitors there will hear his heavily booted footsteps approach him. And he is the ghost who famously photobombed Emma Surgeoner's picture of her sister Lauren in July of 2015. This was the uh, Daily Mail article. That, that's what I was talking about. So essentially the image depicted her sister looking out like a window. I don't know what it actually was because they're underground, but like an archway. It looked like a window, but I don't think it is. And there's just this shape that seemed to be like standing right behind her. Just like lurking, like literally just like standing over her. And it was really creepy. <laughs> and I even have on my notes, even as I write this, I keep checking over my shoulder because I hate that is what my notes say. Because I hate that. I, Amen. Because Amen. I hate that. <laughs> I literally had to like keep checking behind myself because I was oh, so that's so disturbing. I, like, I hate that. It was Jeez. really disturbing. I'll put the picture. Yeah, it wasn't fun. Um, and Amanda Bartlett wrote in her travel blog that Mr. Boots was an evil entity who was believed to have murdered a woman and kept the body in his, and like, quote unquote, house inside. He hates the people who tour the vaults and allegedly gets angry or even attacks anyone who dares to sit in the spot where the body was hidden. The most common reports of his presence, however, are the sounds of thick, heavy boots 
stepping ever so slowly around visitors. Oh, and hell then no. This is, I know. I know. You gotta love that. This is a quote. But the quote uh, for a source just says, a woman describes her encounter with Mr. Boots. So I'm sorry. I don't actually know what her name is. But this is a quote from a woman. She told us of the presence of a malevolent male ghost who was very strong. He told her to get out of the vaults. She had tried to reason with him, but he made a lunge at her and she saw him very clearly. He said, get out repeatedly. He was very territorial. Like, okay, I'm leaving, sir. Don't worry. Yeah. You don't have to tell me more than once. No. I'm good. Don't you worry. But next we have the aristocrat. Um, He is a well-to-do gentleman with a tall black hat and a beard. And he leans against a wall and grins at passing visitors. Although he is apparently not an evil or aggressive spirit, many people report feeling a sinister presence when they're near him, which I can't really blame them because just the word grinning, like, yeah, I don't know, something about seeing like a ghost that grins at you. I'm like, I'm good. I'm really quite good. He sounds exactly like... So I think, I don't know if I mentioned this in like the podcast, we talked about shadow people or whatever, but like there's like mm-hmm. a head shadow person and I guess like you can like see shadow people, but then like if you see a shadow person wearing a hat with like red eyes and smiling at you, that's like the evil shadow person or something. And it like is supposed to mean that he's there to like take your soul or like kill you or like your time oh, is near. Yeah. And so that oh. doesn't, he sounds kind of sus. A little suspicious. Yeah, like, I don't like him. I don't like him. Like I said, they said he's not evil, but, like, he's sus. I don't don't care. But next we have the cobbler, which, unlike Boots or the aristocrat, the cobbler is depicted as a short, stocky man wearing a long apron, and he smiles at people as they pass and is considered a positive presence because he smiles. He doesn't fucking grin. There's a huge difference. There's a huge difference. There's a huge difference. (laughs) And he apparently also admires people's shoes as they pass by. And he's kind of my favorite ghost. Like, everyone just describes him as this sweet guy and is just like, oh, my God, look at those shoes. That is so cute. But (laughs) Yeah, I'm just picturing, like, a happy little Santa Claus type guy, like, short, stocky. Just, he's smiling. He's just happy to be there. Just doing his best. Just doing his best. Yeah. Yeah, so I like him. Um, Next, we have Jack the Child. Um... I don't know if I like Jack. Like I'm, ar- I'm already a little upset. Sinister. I know. Just like, Jack the child. Horrible. But Jack is a blonde, curly-haired boy of about six or seven, wearing a blue suit with knickerbocker trousers. And he just wanders the vaults and is attracted to, like, women and children. And Jack has been known to grab the hand of visitors and tug on their clothes, which is, like okay, he's a little kid. That makes sense. It's cute. But I don't know. It's something about like a six-year-old blonde, curly-haired ghost boy is like, there's, uh, I just, my, like, it's, I always heard that if like a spirit or a ghost is a child, that it's not actually Mm. a child. That the whole, that like, usually children, you know, get like a free ride to wherever it is in the afterlife or whatever because they haven't like, you know, 
sinned enough. Yeah. I don't fucking know. So it's like if there's like <laughs> literally a six year old child, and mm. it's like innocent running around. Like my my dad's always like, "That's the devil trying to trick you," yeah. and I'm like, "Don't scare me! I'm literally afraid of you." <laughs> like, and like, I don't know if you know what knickerbocker shorts is i had to look them up and i really don't know how to describe this to listeners i'll again put a picture on but it's like if you can kind of picture like a little newsy boys outfit they're like shorts that billow out but then they come in at like maybe just below the knee i really can't describe them oh, they're like, like cinched at the at yeah. the knee kind of yeah yeah exactly they're like so you get some shin action and that's about it I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah, I imagine it very like black and white movie. Yeah. Newsboy News kind of situation. Cap. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of thing. Um, so like it doesn't sound that bad, but I don't know. I wasn't I wasn't a fan. But overall, there are so many things that people experience while in the vaults from like a general sense of uneasiness to a full-blown apparition. Um, as I said, these vaults are literally located on the next street down from me. It is like a two minute walk where I'm staying, but we haven't booked for it. So like probably not going, but also I don't think my soul could handle it. That would be too scary. Too much. One, too scary. Too much. I hate being underground. Um, like I hate subways. There is this very visceral reaction I get to doing something that I fully believe humans should not be doing. So I have like, who was I talking to? I feel like I might've been talking to my boyfriend about this, but I was saying if humans were made to do it, then fine. But like when people are like, Oh, I like to go free diving, like thousands of, no, not thousands of feet. I don't know. Very deep in the water or like jumping out of airplanes. Sometimes it's like seven, it's like 75 feet. Do you know how freediving like, 75 feet is so much? Yeah. And I'm just like, if the human body was meant to do it, we'd have fucking gills. Other than that, I'm good. Like, I don't want to. So it's just like something about being underground tells my little primate brain. It's like, something's wrong here. You shouldn't. Danger, be danger. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's that fucking Kill Bill siren is just going on <laughs> in my brain. My little primate brain. <laughs> It really is. Like, I hate being underground. Uh, I don't also... Oh, God. This probably has something to do with it. Um, Where is it? It's in... No. It's in Universal Studios, I believe. I don't know if you have ever been, but there is a... Oh, God. What is it? I think it's like a natural disasters ride. What? Something. What is it? I have no idea, but the only thing is I remember is you're in a car... Oh, I think it was like, it's like a movie thing. So it shows you how they do movie scenes. And one of them was an earthquake while you were in the subway. And so everything shakes. And then all of a sudden, like the water main bursts or something. And so the whole thing floods. So you're sitting there and it like everything shakes and then fires start and all this wall of water comes towards you. And like I said, that I probably went on that when I was quite young. (laughs) I'm like... It was like just like a little list in your brain of like trauma, and it's like <laughs> subway earthquake <laughs> from Universal literally, Studios. Literally, born Mark. and raised in New York, and having an earthquake is one of my biggest fears. Oh my god! Oh that my is god! But so yeah, bad. I went on the ride again as a semi-adult. I don't know in my early twenties, uh, in the California version, 
with my mother, which made things much worse because I was like, oh God, now I'm in California. Like earthquakes are a <laughs> very real risk. Trauma list two. The same ride, but in California. Check. <laughs> <laughs> literally all my fears i've been like i swear to god i can pinpoint exactly where all my fears came from and it is all from movies as i watched as a child like there was also a movie i watched as a kid i'm pretty there was something to do with a goddamn volcano and the family had to evacuate and as a small what fought no no it was like current well current for the 90s And so, yeah, the family had to, like, evacuate this this whole thing. That's the only thing I remember. And, yeah, five-year-old Julia in New York State was, like, crying to my mother because I was like, oh, my God, I'm going (laughs) to die in a volcano. And she was like, I don't know how to explain to you that there are no volcanoes in New York. And I was like, but there could be. And she's like, oh, literally, no. Oh, my God. That is so funny. It's those moments of, like, consciousness when you're growing up where, because, like, you're not, you're not, like, really aware of, like, doing things until probably, (laughs) I would like to say, like, 13, 14 or something, at least for me. But, like, there's, like, those moments Mm -hmm. of, like, you're, like, seven or eight and you're, like, wow, I am definitely going to remember this for the rest of my fucking life. And usually it's really traumatic. Oh, I mean, like, yeah. Like, I saw the boogeyman and I, like, the, and people, I've talked to so many people who don't remember the movie the boogeyman but there's literally a scene where this guy who like survived a boogeyman attack when he was a kid and he's like trying to capture the boogeyman because this the boogeyman's out of control obviously because it's the fucking boogeyman mm. and he's like going back to his childhood home <laughs> and he's like i gotta protect my family because the boogeyman's gonna kill my family to get to me oh, and he runs in and sees his uncle and he's like watch out uncle and then the closet bursts open and like saran wrap shoots out and like wraps around his uncle. What? I I will like I don't know why that traumatized me so okay. much. But, like the idea of being wrapped in saran wrap from head to toe and then sucked into a closet. <laughs> I put a chair underneath my oh, closet God. door so it wouldn't open for for <laughs> weeks. For weeks I did that. My mom I was pissed. She's you. like, "You're scaring your little brother." And I'm like, "No, I'm not." She's like, "You're putting chairs underneath the closet door." <laughs> To lock You're like, him. I'm scaring myself, mother. I'm, <laughs> I'm trying, trying to, to pr- save him. I'm trying to protect my family. I also, uh, again, this is just going to show my uh, IQ level. But as a child, I watched Jurassic Park because as one does. And you know that scene with the cup where the water oh, yeah. like trembles as the footsteps coming? Well, I think it was yep. like the same damn night I had a glass of water on my nightstand and there were fireworks in the distance so what did it do it would be a boom and then the water would ripple and i was so convinced that the dinosaurs were coming to get me (laughs) and i remember like my parents weren't even home it was my babysitter and so she's probably just like i don't know how old like in her 20s or 30s no not even like 20s probably trying to explain to this child that dinosaurs don't exist anymore she's like jesus christ out of all the children (laughs) i know she's like i do not get paid enough for this and she's like they're fireworks and i was like no it's a t-rex and it's coming to eat us and she was like i'm trying to warn you bitch (laughs) they're coming (laughs) so yeah i have so many monkey brain things that have just been like imprinted i feel like is not the right word but or like branded into my brain that yeah it's it's so funny so yeah i don't think even if i had the option to go into the vaults is where this whole thing started 
I don't think I'd go down there. I need a direct yeah, no. exit route. And anything that is described as underground and cramped and winding and like, no, I'm Does good. sound right. Hell no. I'll stand in the doorway or like the stairway, whatever. Just peek in. Look down <laughs> on it and be like, yep, that I is see. a vault. Can confirm. I God, do see gives that. Me, uh, have you played Fallout or whatever? No. no. Those, that, those are the games with the vaults, right? I think they are. Like the, it's like, it's really, it, this reminded I'll me of it. It's you. like, it's like, um, if it's not, I'm so sorry, people who are listening and they're like, oh my God, you fucking idiot. It's not Fallout. But there's like a game series and it's all about sort of like post, like, like after nuclear war or whatever. And oh, there's yeah, like idea Fallout. of having, yeah, having all these vaults, but there's apparently just like all this lore about it in all kinds of different like vault one vault 100 vault 88 and how each one was kind of like an experiment like a human experiment and they're so interesting you should Uh. read them i think you'd find them super cool they're really kind of scary some of them are like a man (laughs) was trapped in his vault alone with puppets for 50 years Uh. how did he and it's like how did he how did his brain like god change while being trapped in that vault and like everything's like timed so the vaults only open after like a certain amount of time or if you achieve a certain goal or something like that. But the people going into oh it God. didn't know that. So they just like thought they were going in there as like some sort of like safe haven or whatever, but it was really Ugh. a secret experiment. Super cool. Well, I hate creepy. that. Yeah. I yeah. mean, like I read it and I was like, I'll re- uh, yeah. I was like, this is going to happen to us. And Aaron's like, no, <laughs> it's not going to happen to us. I'm like, we're in vaults. <laughs> I blame it oh, on God. my overactive imagination. Oh yeah. So. It's from all those books, dude. For real. For real. I could never read a horror story. I can't do that to myself. No, I tried reading Uh it. No, I was like, oh my God. I was like, I can read this. Like, it is so like mainstream. Like, I am numb to it. Hell no. Hell to the fuck no. I think I tried to read a single horror story once because in my thought process, I was like, there can't be jump scares. Like, it's a book. Oh, yeah. How are you going to scare me? Um, Very easily. That's how. No, yeah, apparently your mind is your worst enemy because that's what scares you. It's literally your yourself. Yeah, I was like, oh. yeah, I was like, oh, this is fine. And then I tried to go to bed, and I was like, this is not fine. This is absolutely this not is, fine. This is a problem. <laughs> we have a problem. Oh um. my god. That is so uh, so yeah, that's the history of the Southbridge vaults and my childhood trauma. And Which there we go. Always ideal. <laughs> <laughs> mine's a little bit shorter but i actually i actually did sort of like a ghost story today a little, a little different a coming little different. for my brand i I'm coming, for, I'm coming for your fucking brand bitch <laughs> now, i was like i was looking at i got this book like a year ago about local scary places and like horror hotspots in um like onondaga county area which is where i'm from mm. and i saw this one and it's from marcellus new york and it's called the 13 curves and it's cedarvale road and i guess it's just like really spooky and haunted and i'm just gonna talk about it so cedarvale road in marcellus new york is a winding and hazardous road also known as the 13 curves it is marked with a red and gold sign by the new york folklore society society william g pomeroy foundation of 2018 so it is labeled as being like you know spooky the road is dark windy and desolate without the gleaming headlights of other cars the road feels like it's the heart of darkness it is pitch black at night um locals say that the area gives off an eerie and off-putting feeling like a creeping feeling that something about the area just isn't right 
Um, the legend begins in 1954 when a newly married couple supposedly crashed while driving along the dangerous section of road. The car had veered out of control, went off the path, and into a nearby creek. The impact killed the bride and the groom instantly. Ever since the accident, a woman in white can be seen lingering along the road and intercepting unlucky drivers at night. Travelers on Cedarvale Road have seen the ghostly image of a bride with glowing eyes who is sometimes covered in blood and may be carrying a glowing orange lantern, which is so, like, witcher to me. Like, so just, yeah. like, like very, very fantastical. And also sad. Yeah. So sorry. So sorry, ma'am. Mm. Um, she wanders the curves of the road, and in some instances, the bride simply stands on the hills along the road and watches cars pass or walks along the shoulder. Sometimes the white woman seems more vindictive, leaping towards cars and ca causing their unsuspecting drivers to crash their vehicles. The woman is in search of her groom, they say, who she lost along with her life on the night of the accident. There are other variations of the tale, but they follow the same general theme. Some stories say that the couple was riding in a horse-drawn carriage as opposed to a car. Some say only the groom died in the accident, and that is why the bride returned after living her life and then passing away. She, Her ghost goes back to where she lost her lover and is searching for him because mm. they died apart, and she's just looking for her rest for to be with her mans. Others Aww. say that the accident occurred on Friday the 13th and that the bride appears every time the calendar falls upon a subsequent Friday the 13th. And some speculate that the bride only appears on Halloween night around midnight. Uh, some people who claim to have encountered the phantasmal bride say she has physically entered their cars. While driving oh. along the 13 curves, drivers are stunned to look in their rearview mirrors to see the ghostly lady oh. dressed in white usually splattered oh. with blood, sitting in the backseat of their car. Like, that would no. fucking... That I is one of out. my irrational fears. Oh, Jesus. I okay. Used to, <laughs> I used to hate driving at night because I would be so scared that I would look up. To be fair, I wasn't afraid of a ghost. I was afraid of, like, a serial killer yeah. being, like, in my backseat. So I always, like, checked my car before getting in. Dude, I oh. have the same fear because have you ever read <laughs> that scary story of yep. the girl who's driving the home. headlights yep the headlights. ever since i read that story <laughs> for anyone who doesn't know this story Every it's oh, like geez. this girl driving and she keeps getting flashed by someone behind her as in like they keep turning on their high beams and she's getting really pissed off and she's like why the hell is this person keep flashing me with their high beams and i feel like emmy might have to finish the story because i don't quite know how it finishes because i don't know how the two drivers talk like how yeah, do they? So, so what happens <laughs> is she is pulling out of like a parking lot of a mall or something. No, it was like a restaurant. She had finished work and she was pulling out and she was heading home. And as she was leaving the parking lot, a, a large truck also leaves the parking lot. And it's like a old sort of like farmer's truck. So she was already like really skeeved out about it because she was like, what the fuck is this like rickety old truck following me for? And she lives sort of like in the backwooded area of whatever town she was in and as she was driving every once in a while the the truck would just flash on his high beams and like flash them and then turn them back off and she was like what the hell's going on like this is super weird so she took back roads tried to lose him she couldn't he, he kept reappearing and flashing his high beams and finally she gets home pulls into her driveway and jumps out of her car and the truck pulls in too and she's like oh my god like what are you doing like like, I, like why are you following me i'm calling the cops and he's like no listen I just wanted, like, I was trying to help you. And she's like, why? And he's like, 
I wasn't flashing them at you. I was flashing them to prevent the guy from your back seat because every time I turned off the lights, I could see his shadow peek up from Ugh. the back seat and he had like a knife. And so every time he was about to stab her, the, the truck behind her would flash the high beams and he would duck back down. Yeah. Eee! Ever since I, I read that, but I was like, them, yeah. But I just got <laughs> oh, I see hardcore goosebumps. Oh, shit. <laughs> I literally read that when I was like, oh, I had to have been oh. like 12 or 13 or something. And I was like, yeah. I knew Fear Unlocked. Ching. Like, I was like, I oh, love how we God. all have these like core horror stories. Like, was that another scary story to tell in the dark? Yes, it was. It was, like, yeah. the first volume, God too, I'm pretty sure. It. They like, really the just decided to traumatize an entire generation of children. Because, <laughs> yeah, that they sticks really with do. me. Now I'll be driving, and I'll be like, what if there's someone in my backseat with a goddamn knife because of a story I read 15 years ago? <laughs> oh, yeah, and every, and every time someone flashes their lights at me, I am overthinking yeah. it constantly. Always. I'm like, why? You and I... No, you and I were once driving. I remember this. I was driving and you were in the car with me. And I kept thinking people were flashing their high beams at me. Oh, But I think what was happening is people were going over like small bumps. So their headlights kept peeking up. So I don't think anyone did end up flashing at me. But I like drove to my dad's store and like asked him to help me. We, I was so freaked out. I was like, what is wrong with my car? Like what's happening? And my dad was like, there's nothing wrong. Like, it's probably just people going over very minimal bumps. So you can't see anything. But all you're seeing is like, but yeah, I literally, I was like, something's wrong. What's happening? I remember that. You're like, we're going to to Smith's. And I was like, okay. (laughs) I was like, we got to go to my dad. (laughs) Whereas I once drove home on a completely fat tire to the point that when I pulled into the driveway, the rim wheel was smoking. Oh my God. And my dad just like screamed at me. He was like, how did you know? I was like, well, the whole car was vibrating, but like, I don't know. And he was like, what the fuck? Dude, and I, I did that like, with well. the Jeep too. I literally drove from <laughs> from like Kyle's house. I was back when I was dating Kyle and I drove all the way oh back to freaking Jamesville. And the oh my God. So, uh, neighbors were like waving at me because my fucking wheel was sparking because the rubber yeah. was just like, it was like yeah. ripped up. And I pulled my, my dad was like, how the hell did you not know? And he was like, where'd you do this? And of course, like, I couldn't tell them that I like stayed the night at like Kyle's or whatever. Because I was like a little a little sneaky snake. And I was like, I have no, no. idea. Like, it must have happened to like my, in like my friend's driveway. Like it must have been like a nail or something. <laughs> He's like, you didn't fucking notice that you were driving on a fucking steel, like the no. rim. <laughs> nope. <laughs> so sorry. No, the car I did it in was like also this car that had been passed from like my grandma to my brother and then me. So it was notorious for having really strange movements. So when it started shaking violently, like I really didn't, I was like, oh, here it goes again. But yeah, my car was also, it was sparking. And my dad came out of the house just like screaming at me. I was like, <laughs> my bad. Sorry. Oopsie. Sorry, my God. <laughs> oh my God. But, um. Love it. So, where was I? Oh, yes. So, she, sometimes the lady, the white lady, she pops up in the back of the car and she's like, what up, bitch? But, like, she she isn't, like, chill. Like, she's kind of scary. Um, while the white woman is regarded as, you know, both, like, a hoax or a tall tale, like, no one really knows, Cedarville Road has witnessed a number of real injuries and deaths. On July 4th, 1941, mm. a woman died in a collision. On November 30th, 1959, two girls died after their toboggan sled 
slid into the ice road and collided with an oncoming station wagon. The road was supposedly so icy that when officers arrived on scene, they couldn't stand on the road. Oh, God. So it was just, like, yeah, really bad. So that, that road has seen some shit. It has seen some yeah. shit. Um, it is thought that those who die on the road join the white woman in her hauntings and can be seen standing on hills or walking along the side of the road. Ugh. The story in... Oh, I know. I like that's what I... Yeah, I really do that. <laughs> Ow. Pink. That hurts. <laughs> the story inspired three local filmmakers to make a short silent film called 13 Curves, a story of love and death, which like sounds like not talking about a road it's like ooh, 13 curves the story of love and death and that might be because i'm reading way too much ice planet barbarian and so oh, i God. i read that and i was like what <laughs> was like, some grass <laughs> I need to touch some fucking grass. i'm gonna make a fan fiction on a road on the fucking road oh my god um, they're just loosely based on the couple's legend so super kind of short <laughs> and interesting seeing as it's like i mean for me personally it's literally 30 minutes from my house so it's kind of like cool like i just go out there and check out a haunted road and stuff like that yeah i was actually like while you were talking earlier i was kind of googling it i was like where is this road so that i can avoid it (laughs) so i can never go near it ever again i'm wondering if i've ever actually i'm gonna look it up too i wonder if i've ever actually been on cedar railroad i have a feeling i probably haven't like it's not in an area we would frequent but also isn't there an entire supernatural episode like that oh my god you're yeah. right yeah. i was literally like trying season. i was literally in my brain like this sounds super familiar yeah. the, yes it's like the yes. first season they've got like the white woman and she keeps popping into their car and i was like yeah and there there's even sounds... the bridge too there's even the fucking bridge yeah. i'm wondering i'm like is this based Wait on where were they and hold on where were they in that episode? Um, I don't know. Hold on. God, I'm I love Supernatural. This. Supernatural uh, White Woman uh, uh, Season 1? Woman in White? I don't know. I don't know. I think oh, it no, is. Oh, no, I'm going to get, see. like, his mom and stuff. Supernatural Season 1. Oh, this is the one where she on she bridge. kidnaps women? She, oh, I don't know. But that's the one, right? Isn't that? Isn't she on the bridge? Oh, wait. Is plagued a highway as a woman in white? Constance Welch. Hold on. Sorry, we're doing some deep, deep diving. This is important. She's this the is first supernatural, supernatural enemy. Oh, this is the first, like, episode. Yeah. Holy um, crap. Uh, ba, 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 ba. She drowned after she... Oh, it was in California. Well, fine. Oh. Well, Whatever. it literally sounds it literally sounds so close to this. It's literally almost to yeah. a T. Cuz I'm pretty yeah, sure she us New Yorkers. <laughs> yeah, what the heck? I'm pretty sure that she killed people <laughs> because she no, was she abandoned by her lover? Did she die with her lover? I, I can't remember. She Great. Now, now I'm going to have to go back. Oh yeah. She really did do that. I'm going to have to go comfort binge supernatural yeah. now. Book. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Oh gosh. But yeah, so that is that is what I have today. And that is what we had today. Nice. And of course, I want to thank <laughs> our patrons on Patreon, Brad, Cassia, and Eric. Thank you guys so much for participating and being a part of our Patreon family. We love you. We see you. We appreciate you. And thank you so much for your patience with our bi-weekly posts as we get our life together. It's much appreciated. <laughs> like we're doing the best we can. Yeah. We are yeah. we are on the cusp. Like We've we also are just dis- We've been discussing we might be shutting down the Patreon, at least yes. for, like, time being. Because we both have, 
like microphones. That was our main reason for having one. So like, instead of continuing to suck money out of you guys, <laughs> might put that on pause for now. Because I feel yeah, especially since we're both <laughs> super busy with just you know work yeah. and like, mental health. Probably and it's not just a fair lot. to you guys. And if I mean, yeah. you guys can just listen yeah. guilt free. Listen guilt free. Yeah. Listen money free. Yeah, exactly. Listen free. <laughs> yeah. Just listen, damn it. <laughs> just fucking listen. Just listen to us. This is just my full therapy podcast. The whole beginning of this episode we is just me need being like. This. <laughs> we need, I this. need this guys <laughs> it's keeping me oh together oh my god and of course as always we are your hosts i'm emmy and i'm julia and stay spooky my friends bye <laughs>